the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blind is producing and engineering. Yeah, he's doing both. And Pedro Bartes in uh, Seattle is doing both as well. Well, today we're going to take a look at some of the headlines, the weekend headlines, in fact, and we'll also take a look at the lighter side of the news in the second half of this first hour. For Seattle listeners, we'll bid you adieu at that point. For Portland listeners, the Christian outlook will follow. But first, the week in headlines. Well, a consumer advocacy organization this week released a new analysis highlighting how the administration's climate agenda is going to burden Americans with higher costs for various home appliances and everyday items. The Alliance for Consumers, it's a nonprofit organization. They're dedicated to pr- promoting consumer protection policies, and they issued their analysis showing that popular appliances like ceiling fans, gas stoves, dishwashers, water heaters, refrigerators, you know, stuff you barely use are going to increase in price in the coming years, thanks in large part to a federal energy efficiency regulatory regime. They label its analysis Biden's dream house, sort of like Barbie's dream home. Uh, what's crucial, they say, is to understand that this administration isn't just tweaking regulations. They're well doing things that effectively ban whole categories of things that exist in the market today, things that you have relied upon. Well, Gen Z teens and young adults are apparently having less sex than past generations and want less sexually explicit content shown in media. Well, that's refreshing. A new study from UCLA found that Gen Z teenagers uh, and adults are asking for fewer sex scenes in television and movies they consume. The Teens and Screens report out of the School Center for Scholars and Storytellers found that 51.5% of adolescents would prefer to see more content that portrays platonic relationships and close friendships. Oh, I just felt the refreshment in that moment. In other news, the Department of Defense announced its pursuit of a nuclear bomb that will be 24 times more powerful than one of the bombs dropped on Japan during World War II. The Pentagon is seeking congressional approval and funding to pursue this modern variant of the B-61 nuclear gravity bomb, which will be designed um, rather Uh, designated the B-61-13, according to the Department of Defense. Today's announcement is reflective of a changing security environment, they say, and growing threats from potential adversaries. That was a quote from Assistant Secretary of Defense and Space Policy John Plum in the release making that announcement. Also this week, House Speaker Mike Johnson was amping up his investigations against the president, insisting the ongoing probes into the corrupt family were not winding down. During an interview this week, Johnson said that the Biden, the president rather, had lied to the American people more than once, including his involvement with his son Hunter Biden's shady overseas business dealings. Well, the newly elected speaker is confident the evidence Republicans have uncovered and will uncover are impeachable offenses, saying, I believe the uh, documents are proving all that 
Uh, The bank records don't lie. Biden's bank statements cannot account for paying for a Delaware home with $2.75 million in cash on a loan to his brother, James Biden, for $200,000. So if you were hoping those investigations were grinding to a halt, no. Also this week, U.S. fighter jets launched airstrikes um, on two locations in eastern Syria linked to Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, the Pentagon said, in retaliation for a slew of drone and missile attacks against U.S. bases and personnel in the region that began early last week. This represents an escalation. The strikes reflect the Biden administration's determination to maintain a a delicate balance. The United States wants to hit Iranian-backed groups suspected of targeting the U.S. as strongly as possible to deter future aggression, possibly fueled by Israel's war against Hamas, while also working to avoid inflaming the region and provoking a wider conflict, if that can be avoided at this point. Well, Hamas leader uh, Ismail Haniyeh says Palestinian civilians need to die for the revolution. If they like it or not. This is why they're not allowing them to escape. Well, Hamas leader uh, called for Palestinian civilians to martyr themselves, to die in Israel's strikes against Hamas terrorists inside Gaza. The remarks came as Hamas commits war crimes by using civilians as human shields and lies about the events that have unfolded during the three-week war. There have been uh, suggestions that um, Hamas has not allowed Palestinians to leave the area even though Israel has warned we are going to target a particular area. This uh, statement seems to suggest that they're being called upon to lay their lives down for the cause. In other news, GM has reached a tentative deal with the United Auto Workers, ending the strikes at Detroit automakers after six weeks. The others followed suit. An IRS policy allowing surprise visits on taxpayers has been limited after a probe by the Judiciary Committee, and Republicans cried foul. Well, Israel said a senior Hamas commander was killed earlier this week in an airstrike that damaged a refugee camp in northern Gaza. The IDF said fighter jets acting on Israeli intelligence killed Ibrahim Barari, the commander of the Hamas Central uh, Battalion, a terrorist involved in plotting the October 7th attacks that killed as many as 1,400 Israeli civilians and soldiers. He oversaw all military operations in the northern Gaza Strip since the IDF entered, IDF said in a statement. He is also he is also responsible for sending the terrorists who carried out the 2004 terrorist attack in Ashdod Port, in which 13 Israelis were murdered, and was responsible for directing rocket fire at Israel and advancing numerous attacks against the IDF over the last two decades. The strike hit a densely populated area of the Jabalia refugee camp, where Israel said terrorists built underground infrastructure uh, to plan and execute terror attacks using civilians as human shields. Also in the headlines this week, Senator Tommy Tuberville has no plans to concede his protest against the Department of Defense funding some costs for abortion procedures for military service members, even as Senate Democrats and most recently some Republicans plan to advance a proposal to change the rules this week. Democrats, some Republicans and Kirsten Sinema plan to maneuver around Tuberville's hold on military promotions by introducing a change in the Senate Rules Committee that would allow them to approve a batch of nominees through 2024. Tuberville said the only power senators have is through holes by trying to change the procedures. It would take nine Republicans to vote with Senate uh, Democrats in order for this to be successful. It appears at this point there may in fact be 
said number of Republicans. Former President Trump just um, isn't joining his rivals uh, for the Republican presidential nomination on the stage next week at the third GOP primary debate. The former president who skipped out on the first two debates and who's holding a simultaneous rally just a few miles from uh, where the showdown uh, uh, is being held in Miami, Florida, doesn't have to. With the clock ticking and just 11 weeks to go until the Iowa caucuses kick off the 2024 GOP presidential nominating calendar, Trump remains Well, leagues ahead of his challengers in the latest national poll and uh, crucial early state surveys and enjoys a dominating advantage in the fundraising fight as well. Representative Dean Phillips, a Democrat from Minnesota, his presidential bid was kicked off this week, has been met with lukewarm reception, however, and raised eyebrows from some of his fellow Democrats and liberal media that wants to see the president reelected. Phillips, a millionaire businessman and House Democrat serving in his third term, announced his primary challenge against the president last Thursday. I'm excited to announce my candidacy for president in 2024. It's time to put our country back together again and use our differences to make us stronger. It's time to repair America, end quote. Well, Phillips said in a video posting on social media, but while his fellow Democrats have spoken highly of his character, they have been sharing their concerns with the press. NBC News, Philip, uh, rather news called Phillips campaign quixotic in the report that uh, quoted Democrats who said they're baffled that he decided to get into the race. He doesn't have a very good or he does have a very good heart. And I believe that in his heart, he thinks this is the right thing to do. But it's quite the opposite. One House Democrat close to Philip said, according to NBC News, we're going to take a break, but we'll continue to work our way through some of the week in headlines. And then coming up in the second half of this hour, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. By the way, daylight saving time ends this weekend. Just saying. Well, American troops operating in the Middle East have been faced with a, uh, an uptick of, in attacks in recent weeks, a trend that could continue as the U.S. supports Israel's war effort against Hamas. U.S. forces conducted airstrikes on facilities in Syria last week in response to continued attacks on the troops, and that is expected to very likely escalate. A forthcoming report from the International Christian Concern, a nonprofit, uh, highlights the 10 worst countries for Christian persecution. In fact, I believe that report was released earlier this week, as well as specific entities and individuals that are driving this persecution. The report, titled Persecutors of the Year, will be released um, this month. Uh, they, uh, the countries that are identified as the worst for Christian persecution are Nigeria, North Korea, India, Iran, China, Pakistan, Eritrea, Algeria, Indonesia, and Azerbaijan. New to the list this year are Eritrea, the Northeast African country, and Azerbaijan. Christian persecution is a hidden, mostly hidden subject. Jeff King, ICC's um, the International Christian Concerns president, uh, said in a phone interview. Well, the House GOP is proposing Israel aid be offset by IRS budget cuts, You might recall the big boost in funding for the IRS just uh, last year 
Well, they're proposing that to be given to other matters. The Ivy League student who allegedly made threats of uh, mass shooting and anti-Semitism, uh, anti-Semitic violence at Cornell University has been criminally charged. Court documents show that the 21-year-old junior at Cornell has been federally charged in connection with the threats following an investigation by the Joint Terrorism Task Force. He's currently being questioned by law enforcement. The administrators dispatched campus police to a Jewish center after threatening statements appeared on a discussion board on Sunday. Reports state that uh, the uh, junior posted threats to shoot up a multicultural dining room on campus and also called for the deaths of Jewish people and threatened to bring an assault rifle to campus. If convicted, prosecutors say he could face a maximum sentence of five years in prison, a fine of up to $250,000, and a term of supervised release of up to three years. He's expected to be arraigned in federal court in Syracuse. Speaker Mike Johnson is warning that the House and Senate could be at an impasse on government funding if Democrat-controlled chamber tries to force the House GOP to bring dense multi-subject spending bills to the House floor. We've sent appropriation bills over to the Senate, and they have done nothing with them. Ultimately, we're going to be in a conference committee working out final agreements and all these things, but we're hopeful that the Senate will do their job, Johnson said in an interview. Well, the House has passed five of the 12 individual spending bills that together will fund the government in in the next fiscal year, uh, they're slated to consider um, three more uh, this week. I'm not clear if they have done that thus far. None has uh, have come uh, for a vote in the Senate where Democrats have lambasted Republicans for writing spending bills at a lower level than was agreed upon under the bipartisan debt limit deal. Well, the National Muslim Democratic Council is threatening to tank President Biden's reelection if he doesn't call for an Israeli ceasefire against Palestine. Earlier in the day on Thursday, the president caused for, called for a pause. Was this a political decision? I'll leave that a rhetorical question. Muslim and Arab American groups with the power to uh, affect election results in swing states are threatening to tank the president's reelection chances if he does not call for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war by 5 o'clock p.m. The uh, National Muslim Democratic Council, which includes Democrat Party leaders from swing states like Michigan, Pennsylvania and Ohio, promised in an open letter to the president and Democratic leadership to withhold support from any candidate or politician that does not advocate for a ceasefire. And as I mentioned, the president folded earlier on Thursday. Terror threats against the U.S. reached a whole other level. That's a quote. After the Hamas attack on Israel, that's according to FBI Director Christopher Wray speaking to Congress earlier this week, saying the big players in terrorism have all renewed calls to attack America and its interests. He said the level of threats has heightened since President Biden took office, though U.S. law enforcement is better prepared to deal with them. Let's hope he's right about that. Well, Hamas has now allowed Americans to leave Gaza. We're not talking about hostages. We're talking about Americans who had been trapped there and Forbidden to leave in a weird reinforcement of its own propagandist claim that the Gaza Strip is an open air prison. Hamas has been imprisoning hundreds of Americans there, blocking them from leaving the territory through the Rafah crossing that connects Gaza to Egypt. Well, that changed earlier today. I should say Thursday. However, with a deal hammered out among the U.S. State Department, Gutter and Egypt. CBS News reported hundreds of foreign passport holders and the wounded trapped in Gaza started leaving the war-torn territory on Wednesday as the Rafah border crossing to Egypt opened to them for the first time since October 7th when Hamas attacked Israel. In other news, Elon Musk 
said that Republicans were suppressed 10 times more than Democrats. We know the social media censors had it out for the right, but we didn't know quite how bad it was during a recent appearance on the Joe Rogan experience. Ex-owner Elon Musk, he shared the grim news. The degree to which Twitter was simply an arm of the government was not well understood by the public, he said, when asked by Rogan about the transparency efforts of the Twitter files, which were released in late 2022 and early 23. Musk said Twitter was uh, propped up and compared it to Soviet news agency Pravda, saying that Twitter was a state publication. As for where Twitter drew the censorship line, Musk's assessment is even more grim. There was basically oppression of uh, any view um, that would uh, slight uh, would differ even slightly from that of the administration. And China has scrubbed Israel from its online maps. Evidently, for those living in the uh, country, the nation of Israel no longer exists, at least on online maps. Searching the world map online in China ever since Hamas's October 7th murderous attack, the name Israel failed to show up. Yet nations like Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, they're all present and accurately noted. The fact of the matter is that Beijing has long played these uh, political games with maps. Uh, there are examples that predate this one, and they're also a supporter of um, of Iran. By the way, China still refuses to recognize Taiwan as the separate nation and pressures the rest of the world to follow suit. Well, Donald Trump Jr. took the stand on Wednesday to testify in the non-jury civil trial stemming from New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit against uh, Trump and his family, the Trump Organization. The former president's eldest son, who's listed as the uh, defendant in James' lawsuit, took to the stand Wednesday afternoon in a Manhattan courtroom that extended into Thursday. And Eric Trump uh, testified on Thursday as well. Well, Iran will uh, chair the U.N. Human Rights Forum, which tells you everything you need to know about the U.N. Human Rights Forum. The international protest campaign was erupted uh, over the Iran being selected uh, to chair that camp- that uh, human rights forum Thursday. Despite its history of oppression, torture and executions, the forum's, uh, forum comes at a time when Iran has shown support for Palestinian terrorist organization Hamas, which conducted a sneak attack on Israel more than 1,400 uh, were killed. And Vice President Kamala Harris announced a strategy uh, center to counter Islamophobia. This in the wake of the uh, strongest and most overt um, anti-Semitism we've seen in the U.S. in generations. Jewish students are looking to sue Harvard and Cornell universities over anti-Semitism. And an Hamas official promised to repeat the October 7th attack over and over and over again in Israel. Homeschooling rates are on the rise as faith in public education is eroding and the Fed has decided to keep the interest rate at 5.5 percent. No change in sight. And President Biden called for a pause while Hamas calls for more October 7th. Again, tells you everything you need to know about what's going on. Over 20 Republicans joined Democrats to kill a censure resolution against Rashida Tlaib and a GOP led measure to expel George Santos was defeated in a house vote. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break, but when we return, I'll invite James Blend to join me and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of The Georgine Rice Show. That means we're going to take the next couple of segments to just take a look at the lighter side of the news. I remember Thomas Sowell made reference in his uh, often 
red column, random thoughts on a passing scene. And that's pretty much what we'll be doing here today. Again, I've invited James Blend to join me to uh, take that uh, stroll through a passing scene. Welcome, James. Why, thank you. Due to a lack of good judgment, here I am. Again. Yeah, I need to get some help. But well, is it the, the definition of insanity is making the same decision over and over again? <laughs> In this case, the same mistake? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll seek some sort of help. As will I. Well, you've heard the, uh, the statement, you are what you eat. Well, let's hope that's not the case. There was an interesting article on the stomach churning photos that captured the bizarre things that people have found in their food, which begs the question, how many things have we eaten that we haven't found in our food? Among those listed, uh, a frog frozen into vanilla ice cream. Uh, people was from, that by accident or by choice? Well, it was, you know, they purchased it, and one would assume that it was not intended to be there by the manufacturer. But, yeah, they were surprised to open it up, and there on the top, I actually saw the image, was the frog frozen at the very top. People from all around the world shared their stomach-churning snaps online. Um Yeah. Well, social media users uh, shared what they had uh, almost eaten, and it was a bit difficult to uh, uh, to stomach. One person found a fish hook in their dinner after they cooked up some mackerel. Makes sense, but not appetizing. Um, Let's see. Someone else uh, bizarrely found a large. uh, Well, I mentioned the frozen frog in the vanilla ice cream. Another person in Asia was shocked to discover a stainless steel nut Floating in a jar of gherkins, you know, a nut like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, someone else found that a sell uh, by date was actually printed onto their mustard instead of onto the container the mustard was held in. A husband sliced into a bana- into banana bread and found that his wife had baked a spoon she had mislaid while baking right in the uh, said bread. I've had that happen to me once. Really? Yeah, I, I, I was eating at a well-known uh, taco restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, opened it up and was flabbergasted to, to, to see, see that there was actually a taco in there from that taco restaurant. That was yeah. the worst possible outcome. Yeah, I guess it <laughs> it could happen. Yep. Let's see. One woman cut open her squid for her meal, only to see that the squid had enjoyed for dinner a fish that was still in its stomach. So I don't know if she got two entrees for one or she just couldn't eat either one because it was pretty unappetizing. Elsewhere, someone found a fish hook in their dinner after they cooked up. uh, Well, they mentioned that one. Another person found a bullet in their steak, uh, which is enough to put anyone off their dinner. Um, Another person found a tiny starfish in one of their mussels, uh, which was too cute to eat. I'm not sure if it was alive or dead. A pizza place accidentally delivered a meal to a customer with their phone inside the box, neatly placed directly on top of the pizza. While another person's uh, orange appeared to have another mini orange growing inside. You know, you open it up and there was another little orange. Early gestation, apparently. While another person had their healthy meal ruined after they nearly ate a praying mantis, which was camouflaged in the greens, the leafy greens. I saw an image and you could barely make it out. But again, it raises the question, what have we actually eaten that we didn't, you know, pay close enough attention to and just consumed because it was on our plate? Finally, a uh, someone found a USB key inside their sausage 
After putting it into their computer, they found a picture of someone smiling on the drive. So was it intentional, accidental? We may never know. I'm sort of off eating right now. It reminds me, a couple of years ago, there was a problem with uh, beef, I believe. And uh, part of the problem was that there were unacceptable levels of cow droppings in the beef. Oh, dear. And is it doesn't beg the question. <laughs> that's the question. That oh right there was the question I had from that moment on. What is the acceptable level? And does that mean there's always cow droppings in our beef? My guess is yes. It can and be. You know what? I, I think it's it's better off. I just don't know. Let's just move on. Shall move we move on? Well, this was unintended, but um, did you know that uh, toilet paper mega brand is introducing a cutting edge design, changing toilet paper as we have known it. I was intrigued because, you know, does it really matter? No. Well, the chairman has announced a new design in its toilet paper for the first time in 100 years, and it's not what you think. The mega brand announced uh, that the ultra soft rolls of toilet paper will have a new perforation line. Okay. Okay. The easy tear paper will be scalloped edged in an effort to give consumers a simpler and smoother tear. This is Charmin, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. You heard it here first. Just remember not to squeeze it. Yeah. Is that really much of an innovation? I'm looking for an innovation where the, um, you know, it doesn't tear off before you want it to tear off. Well, there is that. You know, when you have like half a piece, it's like, what? Why'd that tear off there? <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that. Well, they're calling it an innovation, the first in 100 years, because instead of a straight line, it's a squiggly line. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. No. I just need to have it work. I mean, the only thing that's disturbing there is hearing the words cutting edge and toilet paper. (laughs) That's disturbing in its own way. Well, it is. I I have to admit. Well, a woman from Georgia reportedly returned from a vacation, having spent a, you know, wonderful time away from home, only to find that the house she owned in Atlanta had been completely demolished. Whoops. She said she found her longtime family property totaled after a construction company mistakenly tore it down. She was apparently notified about the bizarre accident. That's an understatement. After receiving a call from a neighbor. Well, the neighbor reached out to Hodgson. They'd been you know, neighbors for a period of time. Asked her if she had uh, sent someone to tear down the vacant home. She said no. Well, there's someone over here who just demolished the whole house and tore it all down. Well, the house has reportedly been boarded up for nearly 15 years, but still it was hers. Uh, she keeps the house covered, the grass cut, and the exterior of the home clean, even though it's unoccupied. The taxes are paid. Everything is up to uh, up to date, she says. The workers were nasty when approached by the neighbor. Uh, he told her to shut up and mind her own business. Bet he wishes he had listened now. Well, Hodgson said that uh, she sent a family member over to the Southwest Atlanta property to speak with the crew and request to look over their permit. The guy pulled it out and said, oh, I'm at the wrong address. (laughs) Oh, I'm at the wrong address. And he just packs everything up and leaves and the house is well destroyed, down and gone. Well, the company allegedly responsible for the demolition, you call it, we haul it, has not yet responded to um, questions. Uh, the company's voice box is full, though there is an option to uh, leave a callback number. You call it, we haul it, shared a statement, uh, however, on the local television station, said we're working to resolve the mishap. The company has not yet reached out to Hodgson, the homeowner, 
since the misunderstanding took place. It's just hard to believe someone thinks that they have the right to just come and tear something up and walk away and didn't come back and say, I'm sorry, what do I need to do to fix this? Well, there's no fixing that, but of course there is a financial remuneration that I'm certain will be coming, perhaps after a long court battle, but it will be coming. I mean, I suppose the plus is that her possessions weren't in there necessarily as yes. the house was vacant. It did have sentimental value. I'm not sure what their plan was, um, but they had 15 years to come up with one. <laughs> they did. We'll uh, see if there's more to that story in the days ahead and we'll cover it if there is. Well, the listening- house could use some covering. Well, what house? That's true. You're listening to the Georgine Rice show. We're just taking a look at, uh, you know, some of the lighter side of the news, random thoughts on a passing scene. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show on a Friday afternoon. Reminding you, by the way, daylight saving time ends Saturday night, Sunday morning, give or take. Uh, you put your clocks back. We get the Spring extra forward, hour of sleep back. Fall back. Yeah, we get that uh, that hour back. Skinny. This, however, is not an hour you'll get back. That's true. Sorry. Skinny sumo wrestlers, height and weight requirements are being dropped by the sports governing body. So um, the the large, oversized, weighty sumo wrestlers are a thing of the past, or at least they don't have to be. The Japan Sumo Association announced in late September that potential sumo wrestlers would no longer have to meet the minimum height requirement of 165 meters. That's five, six. And weight requirement of 67 kilometer, kilograms, rather, about 147 pounds. Well, that's really not very much. But instead, the height and weight requirements aspiring um, rikishi or wrestlers uh, must pass a physical fitness exam. Uh, these rules changes come as the sport is seeing a precipitous drop in numbers of sumo wrestler recruits because, you know, it's not the healthiest sport. Only 34 men applied to become sumo wrestlers this year, according to the Japanese newspaper. Uh, the figure is tied for the lowest number ever. In 1992, the year with the highest number of recruits, 160 men applied to become sumo wrestlers. The same publication noticed, uh, noted rather. In Japan, sumo wrestlers are recruited six times a year, with the springtime usually seeing the highest number of recruits. With an extremely low number of recruits, officials made the move to relax the height and weight requirements. Unlike other combat sports, sumo wrestling doesn't have uh, weight classes. The uh, competition, the uh, wrestlers, each of they uh, wrestle each other um, or in the ring, uh, regardless of their size differences. So previous uh, wannabe sumo wrestlers who didn't quite reach the height or the weight minimums were known to take extreme measures. And that wasn't the healthiest thing to do. But apparently sumo wrestlers can now be uh, slimmed down, short and uh, fit. Have you ever thought about becoming a sumo wrestler? Nothing implied in that question. I, I just was going to say, that's a loaded question, <laughs> but apparently not as loaded as it used to be. Right. Exactly. No, I, I you know, I can't say I do, do, did, but knowing that there's so little competition, I mean, you know, <laughs> if I'm looking for something to do in my post-radio career, whenever that may come, hey, you know, at least, it. at least it's nice to know there's an option and the field seems to be wide open. It seems to be wide open. Well, Ontario, Ontario, Canada man harvested an eight foot, eight foot four Point seven nine inch zucchini from his garden that might be the longest on record. An eight foot zucchini. Eat your vegetables. Henry D'Angela said that uh, he has applied to Guinness to have the zucchini certified as the longest in the world. The current record zucchini older is 
eight foot, 3.3 inches, grown by a man in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So in the same area, I didn't start out to grow the longest, he says. It just happened to be the, in the new uh, area I had never grown before. The soil has done really well. It's amazing. Well, he said that he is keeping the massive zucchini in his garage until the he hears back from Guinness World Records. When they open the farmer's market in um, Thorold next year, I should bring this as a novelty. Okay, how do you preserve a eight-foot zucchini over a year, he said. Anyway, I'm saying that part. Uh, they can... Um, they uh, have been known to have big, the biggest zucchinis in the world, and he's planning on bringing this one that he harvested this fall next spring. You know, it, it's it's mm. funny. It, it, a couple things come to mind. Is you know, if it's eight feet in Canada, what does it translate down to? What's the conversion rate to U.S. feet? Is that like seventy-five cents on the dollar? You know, that kind of thing. So, what's <laughs> the real length of the zucchini? Uh, the other thing, as far as how long it lasts, um, last. Uh, Halloween season, my daughter went and got a pumpkin. It lasted. Uh, we didn't carve it. We it lasted until the second week of September this year. Really? And only then started to get mushy, um, moldy, moldy. It, but yeah, even well, when I picked it up, it it didn't fall apart. It was still solid. It just was finally it had it. But uh, I was really, really surprised that a, a pumpkin would last from you know, basically 11 months off the vine. Well, that answers so your question about the zucchini. very possibly the zucchini could do the same thing. Just might. Just might. Well, just four months after announcing that the hot dog-shaped Wienermobile was changing its name to the Frankmobile, the distinctive wiener on wheels is reverting to the original. Apparently, the public didn't like it. Oscar Mayer, which has several of the vehicles, announced that the on Instagram that the Frankmobile is toast. The Wiener Mobile rides again. The name change announced by the Kraft Heinz Company back in May was meant to pay homage to the brand's 100% beef franks and their new recipe. For fans of the original name, however, the change was frankly ridiculous. It's been a franktastic summer, the Instagram post said, but like you, we miss the wonderful icon. Help us welcome back the Wiener Mobile. Oscar Meyer has. Uh, uh, was headquartered in the Wisconsin capital of Madison for nearly 100 years before it moved to Chicago in 2015. The first Wienermobile was created in 1936. And it has gone through several iterations since then. Those who uh, drive Wienermobiles around to promotional events uh, are known as hot doggers. Perhaps the most famous hot dogger is the famous U.S. House Speaker Paul Ryan, who uh, drove the Wienermobile one summer while in college. And we used to have it come visit us here in it's Portland. It's come a couple times. Yeah. Uh, most recently, I think uh, a year or so ago, and it just happened to be a day that you and I were both off. Yes, I was so disappointed. I was too. I, although I will remember most fondly the time where the Wienermobile showed up at the same time as the Planters Peanutmobile, <laughs> as they're both owned by the same company. And so they were able to show up simultaneously. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a day in the parking lot here at the station where everybody from every office just found excuses to wander out. <laughs> yeah, and get their picture taken next to one or the other, or uh, both. Or both. Yeah. I, I think I was in for both, because yeah. that was just cool. Kind of a fun day. It was. Well, a tourist accidentally sparked a bomb scare with the wrong translation of pomegranate. Whoops. <laughs> Enunciate, know the language. More like bomegranate. Oh, my. We've all made embarrassing language flubs while traveling abroad. However, a tourist in Portugal took the cake when he accidentally caused a bomb scare by 
um, mistranslating the local word for pomegranate. Well, the mother of all translation errors occurred on Friday evening while a 36-year-old unnamed Russian speaker from Azerbaijan was trying to order a fruit juice at a restaurant in Lisbon. Things As backfired. we all are like to do. Exactly. You know, when you're there. Uh, it backfired after he tried to translate the seed-filled dessert fruit name into Portuguese using a language application. Uh, he then wrote the translation on a napkin and handed it to the waiter, who, of course, panicked. Little did he know, the app had accidentally regurgitated the word for grenade, causing the panicked staffer to interpret the note as a bomb threat and called police. Ooh. Accompanying footage from local media shows five officers approaching the hapless traveler with their guns drawn as he um, lies prone on the ground like a scene from a pol- geopolitical thriller. They then cuff the diner and take him into custody. The tourist was subsequently transported to a local police station for interrogation, whereupon he was later released after it was found that he didn't have any weapons. Authorities scoured his hotel room and inspected the, the restaurant as well. Well, Lisbon police also searched their database and consulted the country's counterterrorism unit, but their searches came up empty. Portugal increased their terror threat from moderate to significant earlier in October following terror incidents in Belgium in the wake of the Hamas attack on Israel. So the timing was even bad. The details of the pomegranate language gaffe remain unclear. However, this uh, digital slip of the tongue couldn't have been due to the similarities between pomegranate and grenade in Russia, which translates to um, granat or granada. A uh, subtle distinction that may have gotten lost in translation. It's likely that the app translated the word Granada or Grenade in Portuguese rather than Pama, the local word for pomegranate. Wow. You will have a story to tell for the rest of your life. Hopefully there's a point where you can laugh about it. I'm guessing it's not quite yet. No, no. I believe the, I believe it's hashtag too soon. My only <laughs> my only question is, did he get the juice? It's a good question. Or is he off pomegranate juice right about I personally, now? I think I would be off of it myself. <laughs> yeah, I just have an orange, please. Yeah, let's 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 go with orange juice, apple juice, something else. Yeah, uh, but I, um, I agree. You know, I, I think that uh, yeah, that's that's not good. A little bit uh, maybe, much. Maybe next time, uh, spend a little more time with Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Hey, we're going to take a break. We've got news coming up at the top of the hour. If you're in Seattle, have a great weekend, and I hope you'll join us back here on Monday. In the Portland area, up next, the Christian Outlook. So stay tuned. News, up next. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.